You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AudibleTrial.com slash PeerPleasure. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out today. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another week of the Peer Pleasure Podcast. It is New Year's Day, first day of 2017, first day of a new year of podcasting, a new year of guests, and a new year for everything. So I'm really glad you're joining me today. I'm super excited for this episode. I've been sitting on this one for a while, actually, uh, waiting for the right time, and I knew New Year's Day is going to be perfect. Uh, my guest today is the one and only Adam Fisher. The man behind Fear Before the March of Flames, Fear Before, which they changed their name to, All Human, Orbs, he's had his hand in a lot of things. Uh, he's been a big part of the music industry for a long time, a dear, dear friend, um, one of the best friends I've made through music, hands down. Uh, Adam is a genuine person, totally true to himself, true to his art, and uh, a real inspiration, and we talk about a lot of that, I know I go on and on about it with him on this interview about how amazing of a person he is, but I, I truly feel that way. I really do. I think he's a great person and, and uh, a fantastic friend and a great musician. He always knows what he wants to do and what he's wanted to do, and he stays true to it. So really admire him for that. So we'll get into that in just a bit. We are on peerpleasurepodcast.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Um now, we've also uh, been teaming up with Audible.com, which you heard the commercial earlier. Uh, signing up for that free trial through my link definitely helps out the episode. Also, our Amazon affiliate link. So if you go to the website, peerpleasurepodcast.com, go to support the show on Amazon, click that link, bookmark that link, and anytime you buy anything on Amazon through that link, costs the same amount of money, everything's the same, except the show gets a kickback from that, and that really helps us keep the show free. And helps us keep things rolling. So uh, definitely wanted to talk about that. Um, but so Adam and I go way back. Uh, 2002, 2003, when we first met, uh, touring with Anatomy of a Ghost. 
uh, ended up in Colorado playing a show with this band, Fear Before the March of Flames, who we'd, we'd seen articles on and heard about a little bit. Uh, and, you know, cool name. You know, hopefully they're a good band. And they were amazing. And uh, at that point, we had a falling out with our manager who had left taking the van we had rented for us um, through Fearless Records. Fearless Records at the time uh, was courting us and, and uh, had rented us a van because our van broke down in L.A. Um, to keep us on the road. So that was an interesting time because there we were in Colorado, not knowing anybody, our first time touring through there. Manager's gone, van's gone, we're left with all of our gear and luggage, and Adam and Dave and Mike and Chugger at the time, and uh, Brandon, all stepped up and literally took us in till we could figure out what was going on. They let us stay at their house, uh, the Madrugas, the Fishers, um, the Marians. Um, well, the Marians, we never stayed at Dave's house, but Dave was always with us, Um I think his situation was a little different than, than Mike and Adam. Um, but Mike's family, the Madrugas took us in for almost a week sleeping in their basement where Mike's room was. And, uh, we just got to be so close with those guys and literally, I mean, everything taking it, driving us around to get food, um, showing us around, taking us ostrich hunting. That was badass. And that's a hilarious story. I think we talk about it in the interview a little bit, uh, old farmer Brown's ostrich farm in the middle of the night. Uh, going out there and, and chasing those things around the dark, that'll, that'll scare the shit out of you for sure. Um, so, and then Chugger's family who also took us in and, uh, I don't even know if, (laughs) I don't even know if they knew we were there. They were always traveling. So we'd always go over to Chugger's house and, you know, play around on the internet because their parents owned a, uh, travel business. And so they had a crazy fast internet connection for the time. So we'd be playing on the internet and hanging out in a nice house. And, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of inside jokes I could go into, I guess, but, uh, I'll, I'll spare you guys that one. Um, but there is one hilarious thing that we used to talk about and I think you guys will find this funny, but they always had a joke for what Chugger's parents sounded like. So anytime we'd go, they always had the really fancy Martinelli's apple cider in the, uh, the, you know, single serve bottles instead of apple juice. And so we always used to go take those out of the garage and just drink them. And Adam had this way of describing Chugger's parents. And uh, he does it better than I do. But it went a little something like this. Chugger, I swear there was a full case of apple juice this morning. And it was ridiculous. He would crack us up every single time going off and off and off about that. And at that point, we'd never met Chugger's parents. I guarantee they probably don't sound like that. And that was a horrible impression, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. So hopefully those of you listening that, that know the guys uh, will enjoy that and, and uh, give that a laugh. But anyways, so Fear Before took us in, just became best friends, and we did almost every tour together with those guys. I mean, they were there through everything. They were there, you know, our first time uh, going to the East Coast. They were there the first and second time we almost broke up on tour. And one point we actually left the tour in North Carolina, drove straight back and they kept going without us, but kept the tour going. And that's just how they were. I mean, they just kept forging on, forging on, um, and just nothing but gratitude to those guys. Um, and, uh, so 
I know there's been some some rumors floating around uh, on Fear Before in 2017, and uh, all I can say is is uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I can't say what's going on, but you're going to definitely be in for something in 2017. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I know there's been some stuff circling around on the internet. Uh, we talk a little bit about that on the episode, but we did the episode about a month ago, so um, things hadn't really been confirmed yet. And and so, anyways, uh, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Adam Fisher from Fear Before the March of Flames. So uh, welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast. I am joined by Adam Fisher, one of my oldest and dearest special, special friends. Um, everyone probably knows him from Fear for the March of Flames, which became Fear Before, Orbs, and All Human. Uh, how you doing? Good, man. Good. It's Sunday fun day, you know? Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get some sleep? Uh, not really. Oh, but I'm not wearing pants, so I'm stoked. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts, so I guess I'm not technically wearing pants. But uh, <laughs> so, so just to start out, uh, Adam and I met in kind of a interesting way back in oh man, 2000, 2003, maybe uh, like January. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 2003. <laughs> We uh we played a show in uh, Aurora, Colorado. Is that Satellite Club? Do you, uh, where's that at? In- well, I wouldn't call it a club. It was just our friends' parents' property that had like an old shed. Yeah. I think that was the only show that ever happened there, honestly. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> we 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 had heard about the band Fear Before the March of Flames. We're like, man, sweet name, and. Uh, Got to the show, and we had all this drama with our manager at the time who was uh, uh, piloting the tour as far as driving the van that we had been lent by a label that was currently courting us. And uh, he decided he was done, and and uh, he was going to, and, and that we, well, I guess we fired him kind of, but uh, he decided to take the van, and we thought he was going to drive it back to California, but he uh, drove it to Arkansas, wrecked it, I think. Um and we were left stranded in Colorado, and uh, you guys completely took us in for almost a week, maybe longer, like we I were think family. It was, like, it was insane. Like nine days, yeah. Yeah, we started out at your house in your basement bedroom <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, hung out there for a few days, and then we went to uh, Mike Madruga's house for a little while, and then we'd kind of pepper that through with Chugger's house. Uh, we never stayed <laughs> yeah. at Dave's house. I don't think I ever went to Dave's house. But uh, no, nah. yeah. wasn't it? 
over Thanksgiving, too? Didn't you guys spend Thanksgiving at my house? Am I crazy? We may have on a different tour, but that was uh, that was in oh, January, okay. I think. Because uh, it was super oh, okay. cold. We had to eventually scrounge oh, some money together right. to take a Greyhound home with all our gear oh, somehow. Yeah. And uh, But you guys literally took us in like family and it was the coolest day to this day i don't think anyone's done anything like that for us and and uh it was something that just we just became friends and and did pretty much every tour together that we could and uh <laughs> trying to you know trying to get rise records to to look at you guys and 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 just everyone promoted everyone it was just a, such a cool time i just talked to colin from circa and and we were talking about that time as well just how inclusive and family oriented it was um and it was just so cool and and so i guess a long overdue thank you for that but uh, that's how adam and i you know got together as buddies and and uh, the rest of the guys and uh so what have you been up to lately i see you got the new record out uh teenagers you don't have to die by all human and that is uh, yeah that's i mean there's two records that came out this year um that one and then past life regression from orbs and mm-hmm. we did a short tour on that and uh it was, it was fun i mean it's been years since i've got to tour and wake up in a van you know smelling like piss and fast food so that was fun <laughs> um but uh yeah just like doing that stuff i haven't really written anything new for a while kind of just sitting on those and um yeah Nothing like too exciting musically. Just kind of, it's fun to like see people's reactions to those and and feel the slow burn too because not everyone has heard it yet. And then you know someone shows their friend and they show their friend and mm-hmm. you know I just I just like hearing what people have to say about it. Sure, sure. And and so uh, you did the 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 Orbs record you did in a studio, right? And and the All Human record you did in your house. Um, the Orbs record was, they did the drums, bass, and guitar in a studio. We did vocals in my laundry room, mm-hmm. and then, and keyboards, <laughs> Ashley did at her house, and then, um, the All Human record, I did the vocals and guitar in, in the laundry room, <laughs> and they did drums and bass and piano in a studio. Okay. In New Jersey. It was like, you know, it was like one of those things like Orbs was North Carolina and then here. And okay. then All Human was New Jersey and then here. So. <laughs> Man. Fun times. I just put soundproofing blankets all up in the laundry room and uh, just made it a little like vocal booth, basically. And that's all it takes sometimes, too, which is so funny how much people spend on studios and, and everything because you can pretty much just do it yourself. Oh yeah, it's it's you know like it's a lot. I, I I think about the budgets that bands had like back you know even just fifteen years ago yeah. when like kind of we were starting out and it's like wait no that's that's not necessary <laughs> like it's kind of <laughs> ridiculous because in my mind I think both both those records sound great and not like not on my behalf on the people that you know, did the engineering and, and mixing and mastering. I'm like, well, these sound great. And we didn't need like $50,000 to make it, you yeah. know, like, yeah. So, oh. um, and it's a little more fun. It, I think it adds like, 
I don't know. It adds a. I feel like when you do it that way, it's like you really love this. Like you really want to be doing this, you know, mm-hmm. because it does take extra effort and it's hard and but and you have to learn things that you have no idea about, you know. But I don't know. I, I like it. I like it that way. Yeah. Have you toured at all on the on on either on not on? I know you did some stuff with Orbs, but on All Human, have you toured on that at all? Not this new one. We did like on the last one. We did like mm, I think like a twelve day tour, but that was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just hard, like especially. I mean, we don't even we're, we. Don't, it's not even really a band. It's Brian and I at this point, and and again, he's in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, we played a show uh, before the record came out, and. It was awesome. It was super fun. But yeah, we haven't done any touring. I would love to. It's just, you know, adult life. I've yeah. got great pubes now. I can't be out on the road all the time. <laughs> I'm surprised you have pubes at all, man. It's 2016 <laughs> well, out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny story about that. Uh, we were texting about this the other day, but one of my fondest oh, memories of mr adam fisher I know what you're gonna say oh you know what i'm gonna say this 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 shaped my life i've talked about this story at least twice a year ever since it happened so we're in i think it's poughkeepsie new york at the penny arcade and there's a loading dock out back and we had the vans and trailers parked out there and apparently everyone was in on this except for me which made it perfect this happened a lot but uh dewey we need this size t-shirt from the trailer can you run grab it Absolutely. Well, I head out there. I head out there and I I open the trailer and this pasty white tiny body shoots out of the trailer at me and literally climbs up my body to my shoulders, screaming and slapping me with a mask on. One of the crazy masks that are just the clear face with the makeup. And it was a fully nude Adam Fisher. Accosting me while everyone's laughing their ass off. I was freaking oh. fuck out when it happened, but afterward it was hilarious, and I still literally talk about it twice a year. And uh, <laughs> fully nude, fully nude onto the shoulders. It was crazy. And whenever I talk about, don't take offense to this, but whenever I talk about little man syndrome, like John used to beat up guys my size, he'd just literally climb up them and beat the shit out of them. And that's exactly what I, that's what it comes up from. I'm talking about little man syndrome and literally climb the tree and knock it down. And, uh, so, I, I really don't remember what inspired that either. Like, I, I don't remember why I did that. Yeah. I don't, it was just one of those things. Like we did, uh, we had, uh, the Quincy was my least favorite of all of them. I don't oh, know why God. that made me so mad. Uh, <laughs> but for those of you listening, whoever did the first stupid or fucked up thing of the day was the Quincy. And you call them Quincy. You didn't call them by their name. And so it would usually start out being somebody if it wasn't me already. And then it would become me just because I got more pissed off than anyone when I was Quincy. And it would always be off. I feel like you were always Quincy. Quincy. Yeah. And I think I think that was John who did that. But, but uh, <laughs> we talked to Andrew Forsman from Fall Troy. And I talked about this, uh, the who the fuck is Chris thing when John called me a Pris. And then... Uh, I was so pi- I was just pissed at anything he would do at that point because we were so young and immature. But I just looked at him and said, "Who the fuck is Chris?" 
And <laughs> from this day, this day on, like we, or from that day on, we still talk about that. But anyways, that long story short, that's one of my fondest memories of that time and, and, uh, of touring together and, and <laughs> one of the funniest stories, but um, I, I, I don't believe I've, uh, jumped on anyone else butt naked in my entire life either. Well, I'm honored. I, th- I think you're the only one, <laughs> and I don't. Th- I don't plan on ever doing it again. So, oh, man, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one for the record books, man. I, I was so scared. It, it was literally out <laughs> of the darkness. I'd be scared darkness. if I saw me naked too. I didn't even. I get in the shower and I get freaked out. <laughs> man, yeah, and it, it, it seriously, it just oh, it fucked with me so bad there for a while because I was so freaked out. <laughs> It was. I don't know if it was the mask or just the body coming out of the darkness. Like, it was, and it was fully daytime. It was daytime. It wasn't dark out, but the trailer was dark. <laughs> God. So, I wish I remember why I did that. <laughs> it's almost funnier that you don't because it, it could yeah. be anything. It could have been any reason. But I mean, back in that time period, I mean, we had so much fun and we did so many things together. I mean, literally every tour and. Brandon would make the tour passes and always name something else. Ostrich hunting. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the ostriches. Yeah, that was crazy. That Farmer Brown. Like, yeah, it didn't it was Dave that got kicked, right? Yeah, Dave got kicked. Yeah, we used to go. So these, a lot of these are inside stories, but we used to go. Part of the thing we were staying with the Fear Before guys, and we we're like, you know, what do we do around here in Colorado? And they're like, oh man. We go get burritos, and we go get burritos at Chipotle back when it was still not a huge chain. It was still cool, and then uh, we'd go ostrich, and we wait till the middle of the night and go to I don't know if that's the guy's name, Farmer Brown. Go to Farmer Brown. I think that's what he called him. Yeah, park the vans and go sneak into this ostrich farm, and just like the body coming out of the trailer, we had these insanely huge masses of ostriches coming out of the darkness, and you can't see them, and they're running around, and they'll. They'll take you down. They'll fuck you up. Yeah. It was just like it was just like this weird redneck tradition almost of cow tipping, but it was like, oh, there's ostriches out there. And uh yeah. so we had that. We had Dave Marion search for the perfect baby cow tour or whatever, trying to find Oh gosh. Baby cows right. that had spots and and uh, <laughs> it was just such a good time. And I, I wanted to talk somewhat about that because that was a really big part of my life being in that moment where you guys were working on odd how people shake and watching how you guys approached writing music and being a band as being not quite a bit younger than us, but younger than us. Um, and looking up to how you guys did that. I mean, everything from you guys just watching you guys record, um, vocals because we did some some songs together uh yeah and just why i mean you guys would get in the studio and literally put the mic against the wall and lean into the wall and just there was so much passion and and uh just genuine uh delivery when you guys would record like it was just all 100 percent in um and that was really cool to see like we watched that like jesus these guys are serious and uh yielded some pretty pretty awesome music as far as i'm concerned like and and that uh what we were talking about too before is is the lyrical content on odd how people shake was extremely personal it seemed to me from an outsider's perspective and and we've talked about some of those stories before 
And then after mm-hmm. that, it seemed on art damage, it seemed to go into more of a, uh, like the lens was turned outwards towards, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything else. And can you talk about that yeah. transition a little bit? Like, I know you have all the time in the world to make your first record and six months to make the second, that whole cliche, but was that what did that? Or, or was Dave becoming more involved in lyric writing at that point? Uh, I think like the first one, it was like, oh, I mean, we were always very like passionate, like you said. Um, but the first one was like, it was very personal. I had stuff going on in my life with mm-hmm. my family and I did most of the vocals. Cause even at that point, like we were almost a band without Dave before fear before really happened. And, um, so a lot of it was my writing. And then I think the second one got a little more, like, it was a little more of a view of society in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of anger from being, like, having been this band that, you know, we had buzz. We, they, I don't know if they still use the term buzz band, but, like, after Odd How People Shake, we were a buzz band, you know, and mm-hmm. got signed to Equal Vision. And saw a lot of things that just were, I mean, it it kind of like, it's just a bummer. It's like watching, um, it's kind of like watching, it's like I, we had this idea of how it was going to be. Like everyone's like us. Everyone just like wants everyone else to succeed. Everyone is doing it because they love it. Everyone is doing it with passion and it's not about money. And, you know, that's so naive and, and it, it isn't that way. And I think, art damage was a little bit of a result of that. We kind of just saw that uh, happening, and it was just a a bummer. So it just kind of, it did turn outward. It got more about society and the music industry. And, um, I mean, it was like a short, angry record, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, eventually (laughs) you get numb to it a little bit, and you just kind of, I don't know. Then we started having a, a mix of both in the next record. So, but yeah. yeah, that that was an angry outward, outward. I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Like, but like you said, looking outward at, uh, you know, the world and just being pissed off about it. Like, th- that was definitely art damage. Yeah, and I mean, turning the lens out on on everything else kind of took it off of you as well, as far as as things you were dealing with and and all that and and was probably easier to focus on on uh on other things so i mean i wanted to talk i know it's fairly early on here but i i wanted to talk about uh kind of the climate of things as they're going right now um with all the things in in politics and and uh the lbg uh t community and all that stuff and now i wanted to talk about this because you and i haven't talked in person or on the phone for, for years. I mean, it's been something kind of, the internet's kind of killed that where you know, <laughs> what's Adam doing? I'll look at his Instagram, you know, or yeah, instead exactly. of giving you a call or, or, you know, anything like that. And, and it's, it's looking back on it. I, I definitely regret doing it because I, I you made a post on Instagram back in pride, uh, when pride was going on mm-hmm. and, uh, I was reading it because you'd posted a lot of things on there and, and uh, I was reading through the description. I read through it like it was nothing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, wait a minute. What did that say? And I went back and read it again and and it said, you know, you were, how happy you were to have such good friends that went with you to Pride and how the only people that identified as gay were you. 
And then I, yeah. I read that again. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. How did I not know this? And it shocked me at first because I was like, why didn't I know about this? But then I thought to myself, why do I need to know about why? Why am I concerned about Adam's sexuality? You know, why? <laughs> why would I? Why is that a thing? Why does it matter? You know, but it, at the same time, I was like, man, I had no idea. And then again, I was like, why should I have an idea? Like, you know what I mean? It was like this weird right. tug of war. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, you know how you came out and and when you came out because I I don't think it was at that moment, but. Uh, Kind of how that transition was for you, because that's a, I mean, a big deal to be struggling with well, that he, for so long. Here's the thing: is I don't think, like, I I feel the same way you do. Like, I don't, I don't think it's anyone's business. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I mean, I don't look at you and go, "Oh, he's straight. Oh, he's gay," and I don't look at people and you know, I don't look at someone and go, "Oh, they're black. Oh, they're like." It's not. It's just we're just humans, and I don't I don't feel like it's anyone's like who cares if mm-hmm. I like dudes or I like girls and you know like, but I came to a point where I was like, well, I'm in a position where, you know, I'm not in Metallica, but there's people that follow what I do, and mm-hmm. there's people that I mean will listen to this, and there could be kids out there struggling. Because there are, you know, queer or trans or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and I feel a certain responsibility to be open and honest about it because I, I don't want, I don't want anyone to struggle. I was very fortunate, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I mean, I came out late and I kind of discovered myself late, but not everyone's so fortunate to have, have support and an upbringing that, um, makes you okay with that and i feel responsibility to be open about it like really i don't i don't i don't want anyone like i don't want anyone to even think about it but there's a risk i think there's a responsibility there and so when i came out um i was really lucky like no one really cared like Uh i talked to my dad and i he was he was the i mean i told my my friend who's um uh she's she's gay uh-huh. she was the first one and i told my roommate and then i i told my dad that i was having these you know things and he was like so he, he's like okay well let me know how you feel and then a week later he texts me he's like he's like hey can we talk i want to know how how things are going and so we get on the phone and he's like he's i'm like dad like i'm gay and it got really quiet uh-huh and I was, I st- my heart started beating. I was like, Dad, like, are you okay with this? Uh-huh. And he goes, no. And then my heart beats even faster. And he's like, wait, what did you say? I'm out I'm out in the garden. I get bad reception out here. Oh, I was like, shit. Dad, are you okay that I'm gay? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just want you to be happy. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, it was like the most intense thing. Uh-huh. But, yeah, like. You know, I have like good support, and I—I I mean, we released a um, song off of that was supposed to be on "Teenagers You Don't Have to Die," um, and all like we just put it up for donation and mm-hmm. just to raise money for the center, uh-huh. uh, like the center, the LGBTQ center in Orlando after that shooting. You know, and uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, I'm—you I'm, know, I—I I didn't choose it. 
It wasn't sure. like I went to the market and was like, hmm, should I have M&Ms or Skittles, you know? Like, yeah. It's just who I am, and I think people should be proud of who they are. And, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, like, you are who you are. Exactly. So, I'm, uh, and I'm, I just want, like, you know, I just want to be a good example for any, like, any kid or adult, too. Like, I mean, I was 31 when I came out, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. I just want to be a, an example. Yeah. And, I mean, it is what it is, you know? Exactly. That's the thing. And that's why I was taken back by So, like, wait a minute. Why do I even care? Like, you know, but I mean, did you had those feelings forever? I mean, did back when we were, you know, in 2000, you know, 2003, or is it something that kind of came about later? Because, I mean, you said you came out late, but do you feel like you always felt that way? I mean, I feel like you're asking if when I jumped out of the trailer on you naked, was <laughs> did I know I was good? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I kind of knew from, like, early on, but I was, you know, I went to Catholic school for eight years, and mm-hmm. it is really, and, you know, to each their own, religion-wise, it's not for me, Yeah. but they really teach you to to not like yourself, and being gay was not an option, you know, and yeah. so I think I suppressed it for a long time, but I, I, I knew, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, I... I knew for a very, very long time. Like, I just never really, you know, acted on it or told anyone. And like I said, I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't think it's anyone's uh, business. Mm-hmm. But we live in a day and age where, if you can make a change, like it's it's a responsibility. Yeah. So. So you will find pictures of me on Instagram with inflatable dicks smiling really big on Pride Day, <laughs> like it's, you know, like that was a good and one. And I will, I'll, I'll speak openly about it, you know. Yeah, I, I am who I am. Absolutely, you know? you've always been your own person, though. That's something I've known from. I mean, regardless of the trend or scene or whatever, I mean, you're always out of that group. The most seems like the most secure in who you were. Um, you know, from anything from, from literally anything. I mean, it was all, it was admirable. Like I'd look to Adam and, and be like, wow, he knows who he is, you know? And that was always, that was always cool to see because everyone else was kind of transitioning and like Brandon, you know, had other things he wanted to do, but you always were so focused and kind of driving that, that whole group at that time. Um, that was really good to see. And I'm really glad you're, you're happy and, and, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. 
Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Feel comfortable for being who you are. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. And the fact that you want to, you know, put that message out there for others, instead of saying, you know, you know, it's none of your business, still taking the stance that, you know, someone else might be struggling and need to hear that. And that's really, that's really awesome. I mean, well, thank you. But I mean, that, that's what matters to me. It's like, you know, if I could go back and slap 15 year old me over the head and be like, dude, it's fine, man. Yeah. Just like be you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I want to do that for for other people. Yeah, and I also I I like like I said like I don't I think there's so much hate in this world, mm-hmm. and it's whether it's towards you know queers or trans people or black people or Muslims or you know, just any other ethnicity, whatever. There's so much hate in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never really made sense to me. And I, I mean, I read a ton online and, you know, try and, I discuss, like, I was up till three last night because I stayed at the bar after with my boss talking about this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't have the capacity for that kind of hate towards something just because I don't understand it, you mm-hmm. know? And, so I just, I don't know. I like, I mean, shit, today I'm going to wear, I don't know if you've heard of free hugs movement, but I'm going to wear my free hug shirt to work just because it spreads a message of just like love and it puts everyone on the same like playing field. And I, I think that's how we should be, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's fine. Whatever you believe, as long as you're not hurting someone. And it's like people have these misconceptions like, oh, you're Muslim, so you're, you're a terrorist. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like... It's not, that's not how it works. Like you're white. So you're right. No, like it's not, that's not everybody, you know, like we have to like, I mean, there's so much work to be done on it, but anyway, I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but I just believe like we should all try harder to love each other. I know that sounds, I mean, speaking of stereotypes, it sounds gay as crap, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I, so anything I can do, like anything in my power, like I, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you have, I mean, you have a good platform too. I mean, being, you know, influential in the music world and having, you know, so many people hear, uh, you know, hear your voice. I mean, it's, you definitely have an, an advantage. Um, and the, the other thing I want to, to tie into this too is kind of what I was thinking about when I was thinking on this podcast and, and what to talk about and, and, and uh, as I was prepping for this. 
when I talked about, you know, turning that lens outward on your mm-hmm. on your lyric writing, did you, I guess, was some of that because of the conflict you felt inside about who you knew you were and who uh, maybe didn't want to put that out there yet? So you shifted the lens from inward to outward during those times? Like um, subconsciously, I guess, maybe? I don't think so. I mean... Okay. If anything, it was more about, like, I mean, it was, like I said, just, I wish it was more interesting, but it was just what we were, like, seeing, mm-hmm. having been, like, like coming up in the music world. And, but, I mean, the stuff on the first album, I don't even like to, like, talk about, like, go into details, because, yeah, it was, there's some dark stuff on there. So maybe, like, maybe I did, like, subconsciously kind of decide, like, okay. Let's let's uh, uh turn the camera around, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't about me. Like, I mean, even now, like I laugh at myself because I look back at like lyrics from like all human records, different records, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, there's so many hints. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, why didn't you just like come out, you know, 15 years ago? Yeah. But um, it is what it is. It's sure. my life. You know, it's my story. So. Exactly. No one else can tell it but you, man. You know, and that's um, and those lyrics on that first record, like we talked about the other day. I mean, the the talks you and I had about those things and things you went through and and family stuff. I really cherish that we talked about those because when I listen to that record, it hurts. You know, like yeah, it physically hurts me to listen to that record because I know from whence it came and and know and I know your family and. And, uh, and I, I share it. I mean, I hate that it is that way and that it happened like that, but I, I cherish the fact that it means something to me, you know, and, and I yeah. feel involved and I always yeah. will. And, uh, and that's why, I mean, listening to the other records as it went on, got a lot easier, <laughs> I guess, yeah, to where yeah. I could focus on the music and stuff and not just feeling, <sighs> you know, visceral, uh, attachment to it. Um, but that's another thing I wanted to kind of transition into is we toured together a bunch on auto people shake and then anatomy broke up. Uh, I was doing other things. The other guys were doing other things and you guys kept going and you guys picked up momentum, uh, with art damage, a lot of momentum. Like you started getting some big tours and, um, yeah, I mean, I just, everywhere I looked, I was like, Whoa, really awesome. Okay. You know, and I was working at some clubs at the time that you guys came through and I was like, shit, I want to see them, you know? But then they put me working security outside or something. I was like, are you serious? And, uh, but then we toured again when I was in Portugal, uh, oh, that's right. with Poison the Well and, uh, oh, yeah. Lolo. And then we kind of reconnected at that point and our, uh, always open mouth was out and we taught, we had some mm-hmm. long talks about this too on the road, but how people perceive that album as kind of your step, I mean, you stepped out of your comfort zone. It seems like, and made something you really wanted to make at that time. But the the reaction was a lot different, and I wanted to talk about that because we, we we touched on that in the van uh, back then of, of kind of you know the reaction to always open mouth. Yeah, I. It was a real bummer because we did come off like art damage, you know, being like a band that was getting all these great tours 
And then Always Open Mouth came out. And I I have to say, preface it with, I don't regret a thing. I love that record. Like, yeah. I worked very hard on that. We all did. Um, but, yeah, that came out and everyone didn't get it, I guess, or didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It was really weird because, like, then we got dropped by our agent. Like, you know, it just mm-hmm. was not clicking with people. And no matter what we did live or however we tried to promote it, like, no one – well, not – I shouldn't say no one, but it, we dropped off, you know? Mm-hmm. People just didn't get it. And it sucks because, like, here we are 10 years later, and I, I haven't listened to it recently, but – um I still know it's like some of the most creative and it was a big, it was a big change, like change from what we were doing. I want, Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to make the same record. So it's a bummer that it happened, but I, I mean, what can you do? Like we put, we put a lot into that record. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm at the time it was really like crushing to see it be so, um, well, it was well received, like like critically. We'd see reviews that were like good or whatever, which is great. But mm-hmm. to see it be received negatively, as in draw and like fans and I don't know, like shitty posts about it on like I think it was MySpace at the time. I don't think there was oh, Facebook, Jesus. but yeah, <laughs> I know. But yeah, it was it was a bummer. And like the bands that took us out all liked it, you know. Like mm-hmm. I mean, when. I got to sing out of Between the Buried and Me record because of that record, you know? Yeah. So it was like we'd we'd see people really love it, but the like the majority would just like kind of shunned us and it it's a bummer, but like I said, I don't I don't regret it. I, I love that record. I I'm so proud of what we did on that and I mean Casey and Bobby worked so hard to like to make it like special. Like yeah, I mean, I guess it just happens. You never know. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's one of the best records, I mean, to this day that I have heard. I mean, I love that album, and I did, from the the moment I first heard it, I was like, this is awesome. You know, and that's why I was so confused that it got the reaction it did, because, I mean, immediately, I didn't have to listen to it three times to fall in love with that thing. Like, it was instant. And, and to this day, when I listen to it, I'm still picking out things I hadn't heard before. Or, you know what I mean? Where That's awesome. We're doing so many demos, and, and uh, I remember, do, I mean, so many sounds. You know, if you strip it down, uh, it, it'd be cool to do something to just strip down that record of all the, the samples and, and uh, little things you were doing. Because you were starting to record on your own, which was also like, yeah. wow, holy shit, he's doing that too. Because uh, you guys had your house at the time. Uh, yeah, the band house, and you and you'd gotten Goose for that record, and Binks, and then uh, uh, was it Billy? Uh, oh, no, no, name? they were after. They were after we recorded it. They were after you recorded. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was still Brandon on that record. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, everything was just in house with that record, as far as you know. I think you probably demoed more for that record than any of them, didn't you? Oh yeah, and I had like, I I mean. I don't think I was working when we were like writing the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like built this like crazy cave in my room out of dark blue sheets. And then I put up like white lights and would just hide in there for hours and hours and demo stuff and write stuff. And any little idea that came to mind, I would record, you know, and mm-hmm. 
if I didn't know how to do it, I would figure it out. And, um, yeah, it was a really interesting time. It was a very trying time because it was, you know, like it was a weird, I don't know, because I knew it wasn't the same as what we'd done before. And, Mm -hmm. but I, I didn't care. Like, I'm, you remember, you probably still know Mike Kaminsky, right? Yeah, I had him on the podcast. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, our manager at the time, Mike Kaminsky, was mm-hmm. like, there's no rules in music. And that always sticks with me. And that was something that drove me through like writing that record. Like, mm-hmm. there's no rules. Like, you can do whatever. So, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm so like, I'm still so happy with that record. We really worked hard. Yeah, and you should be. I and mean, that was a it was a piece of uh, a piece of history for me. I mean that that record still. I mean, uh, Rustin from the Burning Room too. I mean, he would always talk about how much he loved that record and didn't understand why it didn't do what it should. You know, and and uh, but I guess I mean when you put expectations on art you can, you're just going to be disappointed almost every time i mean yeah. as far as commercial success yeah i mean i don't know i i love it regardless of i would love it regardless of if anyone else heard it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just the way things go sometimes there's records that i'm in love with that you know no one's like so many people haven't heard that never get big that there's stuff I I don't understand. I'm, I'm like, why is this not the, the biggest record in the world? You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's the way it goes. And and I'm not trying to like, I'm not saying that the always open mouth is great or awesome. I I'm not saying it's anything. All I'm saying is I love it and I'm proud of it. You know, like yeah. I'm not trying to say like I'm not trying to be egotistical about it at all. I just mm-hmm. I love it and I'm proud of what we did you know yeah absolutely and that was a um, that tour was interesting too with uh you guys and us and poison well because poison well was touring on versions which was also oh, that's right. a record that was misunderstood i loved <laughs> and, that record. yeah i did too that's the thing i thought I it was understand. so good i'm gonna have to li- i can't oh, i can't listen to that at work today i'll get in trouble but and now i have to listen to that record yeah you just need to I thought that record was great it, so. oh man yeah I, I get in trouble. You can't play Poison the Well at a wine bar. <laughs> Is that where you were working? I, I knew you were working at a bar. I didn't know it was a wine bar. but Well, we're a very punk rock wine bar, okay. but I still can't play Poison the Well. I barely get away with Nas Radio on Spotify. So Wow. <laughs> that... Yeah, Poison uh-huh. the Well be pushing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That band is actually the reason I don't do music anymore. Is it's Poison the Well? Because, well, not entirely, but the the timing went. I got a uh, an offer from Ryan uh, Primack to join Poison the Well, uh, playing bass, and uh, the night before leaving for Europe with Portugal the Man, and I was like, dude, I got to take this tour. Uh, I, I the tickets are booked. I'm not gonna you know bail on this. He's like, okay, we'll call him when you get back, move to Florida, and blah, blah. I was like, sweet. So I told John. And so John started uh, working on getting me replaced so they could keep going when they got back uh, with Ryan mm-hmm. Neighbors and those guys. Um, yeah. And about halfway, three-quarters of the way through, I got an email from Ryan saying that they got a bigger tour that they needed to take, and they were taking a buddy out with them, and he ended up staying on. So I got my oh, job, so I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but damn. at that point, I was like, you know what? I've toured a lot. Like, I'm really... 
want to do something different. And so, uh, you know, start a family and because I was you know, at that point getting older and it was like, ah, we're just playing the same places over and over again. Um, yeah. But then, yeah. So those guys went on and then broke up and then Portugal went on and to be the biggest band in the world. So, <laughs> so know, it's freaking crazy. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely crazy. But um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about too on on uh, uh, teenagers. You don't have to die. You had Dave come out and do some vocals on that. Um, yeah. And where did the title come from? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm curious. All your stuff has. You are. Let me preface this. You, everything you do musically to me has such a encompass all encompassing feel to it. It's almost like I can feel what feel what you were thinking or feel how you were feeling. You have a way of with words and tones to completely encapsulate somebody. And it's something that, you know, I've, I've always seen, but I had no idea where that title had come from. And I wasn't sure if it was from something or if it, maybe it's a hilarious story from how your reaction is. It's kind of, well, so I have a very busy mind. Uh-huh. Um, and so a lot of that record, because there was a lot of programming going on. Like I, I would like program drums um, before I even knew Brian was gonna get involved to actually play. Like I, you know, I would write everything and I'd be programming stuff. And I can't really play piano, so I'd figure it out on guitar and then program it, you know. And so I would have my second monitor, and I'd usually just watch horror movies, like. I love horror movies, and I love really shitty horror movies. So um, I would just have, like, I'd be, you know, writing. And, I mean, I'd write full songs while a horror movie was playing. Like, there'd be, I'd watch Slugs. I'd watch um, The Stuff. I'd watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, like, I'd watch everything. And one night, I believe it was a Sunday, I got off work early and can I talk about drugs? Yes, you can talk about. You can okay. use any language you want. <laughs> okay. Podcast world. All right. So I don't really. I don't. I'm. I mean. I'm in a. Dr- I'm a drinker, but uh-huh. I don't really smoke or anything. But one night, I don't. For whatever reason, I decided to order a pizza, drink wine, and just smoke a little weed because I can barely smoke without going like just being a lunatic. Uh-huh. But. I went to bed and I th- I can't remember for the life of me what movie I was watching. It was some I think it was a bad shark movie. Um, but I woke up in the morning like, and I had this audio message I noticed. And I was like, I was like, what? Why did I leave my an audio message last night? And all it was was teenagers. You don't have to die. And I, you could tell I'd smoked because my throat was all shitty. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I sat on it, and I was like, what was I thinking? I was like, and then I was like, this, this is pretty, like, appropriate, like, given the way this record was written. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of different messages you can take from that, you know, like, uh, you know, we've talked about how I felt growing up, and it's uh-huh. like, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff, and yep. I was like, I was like, uh... This is a pretty good title for a record, I think. Uh-huh. I don't really know, but so the like the the recording of that in the in like the intro track, and then I think on the end of uh, 
everyone what's it called the everyone that you love is an insect now mm-hmm. that's actually the recording of me high and drunk that i don't remember saying teenagers <laughs> you don't have to die i just imported it into my computer and then i got my boss's kid to repeat it that's the high little kid voice you hear on there uh-huh. too but yeah it was me being high and like a little uh just kind of tribute to bad horror movies and you know <laughs> That's amazing. (laughs) It's pretty, yeah. Like I woke up, I don't even remember what movie it was. I was like, "What? What the fuck am I talking about on here?" Sharknado. (laughs) No, no. I I remember watching that. I watched that with Richie. Like, you remember Richie? Uh huh. Yeah, we watched that one Sunday morning with mimosas, and that movie's awesome. Oh man. But I love that shit. Like three three headed shark attack. Like I'll watch any. (laughs) horror movie like i love that i love bad horror it's like uh the, they say a, like a record's good background music it's almost like some of those movies are background for your eyes almost like you don't need to focus on them all the way to enjoy it, it oh seems yeah like that's, a, that's why it was perfect yeah. because i could just like i'm like i don't need to know apply i just want to see <laughs> someone's like head explode or uh-huh. like get their arm ripped off you know like <laughs> like i know what's gonna happen everyone's gonna die in some shitty way so yeah just but, get yeah, to that it. was like, that was the background for that record. Oh, jeez. That's hilarious. <laughs> I wish I had some like deeper, more like, like important message, but I was like, ah, no, it's almost better than it. it's that way. That's even more entertaining than the deep, the deep response, the, the, the life changing, you know, event that inspired the name, but, um, well, I want to ask too. I know you guys hinted at it before, but is there going to be some fear before back together kind of stuff going on, or is that on the back burner? I don't know. I like. I really want to do it. Yeah. But I'm the worst at organizing. Like I always felt like, oh, I, I write most of the songs, so you guys take care of the other shit, which mm-hmm. is really lazy and an asshole move. But, um. I don't know. Like Dave recorded vocals when he was out here mm-hmm. on some demos that we'd done in like 2009, and I wrote a song that I wanted to be Fear before. And I mean, there was talk of doing a 10-year uh, Always Up in Mouth yeah. like anniversary tour or whatever. And I don't know. Like I want to do it, but it it's also sucks because I'm in uh, California mm-hmm. and they all have real people grown up jobs in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I don't know. It's not, it's hard to say like we want to do it. Dave mm-hmm. wants to do it. Um, but the other thing is, and this is really idealistic and um, snobby, but I know it's like tis the season of, you know, 10 year anniversary tours and yeah, Oh, bands are raking it in, doing like ten year anniversary of this record. I don't want to do it because of that. I want to do it because, like, I I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to do it because of money. I want to do it because we're all like, yeah, let's do this. You know, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that that scene. And I know that sounds really snobby, and I don't mean it to, but I just don't. If we do it, I want to do it because we're like, fuck yeah, I want to get on stage together again. You yeah. know. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. And um, 
I like I said, I was talking to Colin from Circa and asked him about that too because they're doing their second one of those tours for On Letting Go, and, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how fun it was to be back in that time period and uh, yeah. experience that. And and I mean, if you guys got back together and just did a normal tour, like uh, a set from all the the records, you know, instead of just like a playing a record in full, you might get you know. Uh, it might feel better to you, I guess, if if that was the way it was versus a, you know, just always open mouth tour. But yeah, um, and by no means am I like like judging anyone. Like sure. I'm not saying that every band that does that is doing it for money. That's I just don't want to capitalize on that. Like mm-hmm. it's just not something I'm interested in. I mean, we almost um, so. Uh, you know, Bear vs. Shark is back together. Uh, yes, I just saw that. I mean, literally last week or the week before, I was blown away. I was like, "Wait a minute!" And is Mike Muldoon not with them? Yeah, he's not. He's not doing it. Okay, I have someone else. But um, we almost were gonna play some shows with them. Oh, like it was goodness. kind of in the realm of like possibility. Which that's the kind of scenario where I'd be like, "Well, fuck yeah, let's do it." You yeah. Know? Because I absolutely, absolutely adore those guys. I'm seeing them a week from tonight, actually, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I'll piss my pants. Like I haven't yeah. been this excited for a show in forever. That band is, um, yeah, life changing. I can't, I can't wait. I bought tickets for uh, two of my other friends and was just like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, like we're going to see Bear vs Shark and Teeter. Or oh uh, yeah, you don't know who Teeter is. Um, He's flying, my buddy from Denver is flying out for the show, and like, it's going to be a whole event, and I'm... That's great. That's the kind of scenario where I would, like, do Fear Before again, you know? Yeah. Like, not because of anything else other than, like, fuck yeah, I want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. you know? So, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. I haven't written any, I haven't written a song in over a year, honestly, uh-huh. so... um. We'll see what what happens. Okay, but well, I I'm always open to it. Sure, sure, and I'm I'm glad of that. I mean, if you guys played with Bear, I'd have to fly for that show. I mean, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> a fun. given, man. And uh, I really want to get those dudes on the show. I I miss those guys so bad. And and uh, I saw the the Uni Church footage on YouTube uh, of Catamaran, I think, and it was just like it was. Everyone's wait a little, in Philly. Yeah. Oh shit! I haven't seen that. If you want to do it, YouTube it. Uh, they're playing yeah. at Uni Church, and the footage is great. Like it's like DVD quality footage from the stage. Yeah. But if you want to be surprised and and have it be more of a genuine experience, seeing them live first, I would also suggest that because it's great. It's really good. But if yeah. you want to hold on to it until you see them, that might be the way to go too. You know what I mean? I'll. I'll probably wait. Like, I cannot wait to see Mark, like, run up to him and oh, be dude. like, dude. Because I haven't seen him since 2007, I think. I haven't seen him since I got his art tattooed on, like, the bottom half of my torso, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And so, like, I cannot wait to see that guy and just grab the fuck out of him, dude. you know? like He still looks like a fucking are... powerhouse. He's still oh, in the crowd. Sure fucking blowing people's minds <laughs> i'm sure he's oh. such a crazy person he was my he they were my first uh my first foray into uh gay porn 
They, <laughs> wow. we, they let us stay at our, their house, and uh, they weren't home yet. Uh, they were out touring, and but let us stay there, and uh, they had a roommate, and he put on Hollywood hunks on the big screen TV and pressed play and went to bed. So when we walked in, it was full on. Oh my gosh! And I was like, "This is perfect." <laughs> Bear versus shark. This is it. that that and the Hollywood haircut where they would choke you out. That's what you need to do to him when you walk up to him oh, and say, "Hey, nice, nice uh, Hollywood haircut," and choke him out. That was one of my That's least fun. favorite tour games. It's funny that you bring up porn because uh, I swear, like, no one believed me. I mean, I watch porn now, full disclosure, but I never watched porn my entire life. But that one night, I think it was Roseburg Uh with you guys, and and someone put on Snatch Adams, (laughs) and I made the mistake of smoking some weed, and I left the room because I was like, nope, I can't do this. Uh And my mind was, like, exploding. Yeah, like everyone was into it. I was like, nah, I can't do this. Like, can't we just watch like Jaws or something? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, I was with you guys, I think, in Roseburg. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Snatch Adams, like that, that was a lovely movie about a really kind man who was helping, like, you know, terminal, terminally ill children. Like, uh-huh. why do you have to turn it into a porno? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anatomy of a Ghost. Yeah. Well, we put full disclosure. We sat on the couch together and watched that entire movie, Hollywood Hunks. Oh god! Because we said, "Fuck these guys. They think they're gonna get us, you know, to be like, oh man, turn it off." No, we'll play right back. We're gonna, and we're gonna leave it on till the morning when the roommate wakes up, so he knows we watched it. And uh, yeah, I don't even think we ever talked about it again. But it was it was hilarious. It was on a big screen TV, and it was just like, wow. Touring. Yeah. A big screen TV with yeah. Hollywood hunks. Yeah, great. Hollywood hunks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've man tour life. Tour life brings some, gives you some weird stories to tell. It sure does. It sure does, man. <laughs> but uh, on that note, I want to, I want to <laughs> let you get back to your day and and uh, and uh, do your thing. But I really, truly, I mean, more. I I know I've said this before to other guests on the show but i really truly appreciate you coming on the show as one of my best friends and and uh you know i think our friendship is really special and and uh you know the things we've seen the things we've done together and uh it's it's nice that after so long we come back and it's like no time has passed and that's that's something you just can't recreate and i really really appreciate it and love you a lot dude i was so happy to hear from you yeah i like Thank you for letting me talk and, uh, I don't know, advocating all things positive. Like, it's great. Like, I love it. Sure. And I appreciate it. And the listeners appreciate that. And I really hope, you know, it touches somebody. And, and, uh, I just, I just love that you are who you are and you're genuine and compassionate and just a good person. And, and, uh, I really appreciate that. Oh, so, man, I love you. I love you too, buddy. I wish I could jump out of a trailer naked <laughs> onto you right now. Well, when you, that Bear vs. Shark Fear Before show happens, I will be there. Maybe okay. I'll take my shirt off first. We'll see. <laughs> then you'll stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see who can get more naked. Yeah. <laughs> more surface area <laughs> on me for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, I'm going to let you go and, and, and uh, have a good day at work, and, and I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, I love you, homie. Thank you. you. Take care. (laughs) You too. Bye bye. Bye.
All right, guys, that was my conversation with my good friend Adam Fisher from Fear Before the March of Flames. Uh, Fear Before, as they're known as now, I still like to call them Fear Before the March of Flames because that's that's what I know. So, anyways, I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Adam really delved a lot into his personal life, uh, struggles he's dealt with, um, something, some funny, some you know, really difficult, and. Uh, I'm really proud of him for being who he is, being proud of who he is, and putting it out there like he always has. He's always been 100% Adam. Um, and like we said on the episode, you know, time goes by without talking. You know, we go about our lives, get back together, and it's like no time has passed. And there's just a lot of love there. And I really genuinely uh, have the utmost gratitude and respect for Adam and the rest of the guys in Fear Before. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Happy New Year to you guys. Thank you so much for the support during 2016. 2017 is going to be awesome, I guarantee you. Uh, we've got a lot of big guests lined up. Uh, a lot of awesome new things coming um, in the in the new year. So hope everyone had a safe and happy uh, New Year's. If you're listening to this, I'm, guarantee- I'm guessing you were safe. But uh, once again, just have a great time. Uh, thanks for listening keep sticking with us every week really appreciate it keep sending those emails comments everything Um, really appreciate you guys and couldn't do this without you so uh, thanks for listening we'll see you next week radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.